we bring this concept of framework to coaching which is of course a journey a process we all sort of come and get confused a little bit and that confusion persists because our mind hasn't made or formed a model of it or has formed a framework of it yet so if the new persons who come to coaching find it a little bit confusing the reason is because our mind hasn't yet formed a framework to make sense of it Welcome, everyone. It's lovely to be here with all of you. I'm in Chicago. Today, we have a really, really diverse audience, which is great. And um, I want to tie this back into frameworks, today's topic. What's really, really cool about coaching, it's kind of like math a little bit in terms of it's universal. Um, I've been having a lot of conversations lately with uh, with some corporates and you know i on a regular basis talk to our learners and alumni and trainers and potential learners and it's so funny everyone comes into this coaching thing with some preconceptions because we're human right with some ideas and then as we get talking about whatever that starting point is we all end up figuring out the commonalities around the experiences we have and how coaching can help us get through stuff, achieve stuff, get to know ourselves better. And that's what's really cool. And like when I look at our audience, there's another person from Germany now. I mean, we're literally spanning the globe, yet somehow there's this commonality here that all of you lovely people who are here with us today no matter your background and nationality and whether you're falling asleep or just waking up, we're, we all understand that value that coaching has. So today is really about those commonalities because we're talking about coaching frameworks. See, I can tie it back in. So frameworks are there to kind of help us anchor in these things that, you know, they sound maybe different, they start off different, but at the end of the day, it's all about coaching and it's all about getting from point A to point B in a way that, you know, is happy, effective, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so frameworks are there to kind of help us make sense of the things that maybe seem different on the surface and they help us put structure around things. Um, they can be great and they can be quite limiting because if all you think about in your life is frameworks, then you're going to maybe miss all the other lovely things on peripheries but they're a great starting point. You know, even an artist, when an artist, they can be whatever artist they are, right? They have a canvas, they have a piece of paper, they have something like that's their, for them, it's a literal frame maybe even, but we all start somewhere. So I think that's how I think about frameworks. Like there's this nice place where we can structure our, our thoughts or our approach. Um, and then, you know, the beautiful stuff happens, all the other stuff in the periphery. So that's why we're here today. We're here to talk about frameworks and those things that all of us can apply to our work as coaches, no matter where we are in the world. And on that note, we have Virginia now here and South Africa and um, Jen from Canada. Invitation still open. Um, <laughs> please come if you want to on screen. More from India. This is amazing. Love it, love it, love it. So our lovely speaker for today, who's going to teach us about frameworks. And for those of us who already use coaching frameworks, she's going to challenge us in, I'm sure many different ways, is Kamal. Kamal is one of our alumni and she is a trainer, not necessarily in training. You're like, uh, no, I'm not in training. You've been trained. You're currently working with Ram and his cohort and you're actually starting a coach training program of your own coaching foundation this weekend, I think, yeah? Yes, in two days. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. <laughs> and hello, Portugal. Portugal just came online. This is great, you guys. I love it. 
Somebody okay. please go to Antarctica and come to Lebanon from Antarctica just because that's literally the one country. Yeah, we don't have any representation from that ever. No, you had like everything else. Yes. Ah. Okay. Anyway, Kamal, over to you. Tell us um, coaching frameworks. What are they? Why are they? Who are they? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Magda. That's beautiful. And I think you've said... Um, you've already sort of started to make sense of the frameworks as to what are frameworks and why we need them. And before we get into discussing and exploring a little more frameworks specific to coaching, I just want to pop up a question for our lovely audience as to uh, what do they think about coaching frameworks? So when they hear the word coaching frameworks or coaching models, what pops up in your mind? How have you so far sort of thought about it or experienced the coaching frameworks? Be quick on your keypads. I can tell you what, what I thought about them. Yes. I kind of, of get some of them now. And um, every time I'm reminded of a particular framework, I kind of go, oh, yeah. Now I, I remember why this makes sense, but um, I'm not going to lie. At first, I found them quite confusing and limiting because I thought, oh my gosh, coaching is this art form, but the frameworks are making it feel more like science. And must I stick to these things in order to be a good coach? So it was quite confronting to me to learn about frameworks and models to begin with. Wow, that's, that's very interesting. And I think that's a very good point that you said that it seems like science. And somebody has put here that it's a sequence. Somebody says some tools that we can sort of work with. Uh, Lance says a beginning, middle and end. And another word that you used, Magda, is to make sense of it, which is, uh, and Marisa says framework sounds new in practice. Some process, yes based on process of positive accomplishment, markers, exactly, then good. Okay, yes, so just stay with all of these ideas, a structure to coach, Archana, you're right, yeah. So framework in any way or form is anything that sort of helps us make sense of what we are dealing with, helps us understand it better. Say, for example, if I say football, you know, different pictures and words would start to emerge in our respective minds. Some would immediately imagine the football ground and teams or people in football, uh, you know, or, or a particular ball will come or a goalpost will come or people will come to our minds, you know, some footballers who we like. Or if I say uh, ballet, you know, somebody may imagine a huge stage or somebody would imagine the ballet costumes and dress or somebody would imagine the dance form. So these are all sort of different pictures that emerge in our minds are the frameworks, how we understand that particular thing, how we understand those ideas. So if we bring this concept of framework to coaching, which is of course a journey, a process, we all sort of come and get confused a little bit. And that confusion persists because our mind hasn't made or formed a model of it or has formed a framework of it yet. So if the new persons who come to coaching find it a little bit confusing, the reason is because our mind hasn't yet formed a framework to make sense of it. And that is why all of these frameworks or all of these models are quite valuable so that one, we can start to make sense of it. Two, we can start to find our connections with it as to how we sort of uniquely connect to this process of coaching. And also in our mind, when we start to develop our own frameworks and our own models, that tells us that we are growing in the process, that we are growing in our learning. So if your mind is able to develop certain framework on its own or can connect and understand with a pre-existing framework, it tells you that, yes, I'm starting to grasp, I'm starting to learn. It's like going to a new city. How do you figure out your whereabouts? You need a map, 
So the map is a framework. And so are all of these different coaching models are sort of map which guide your mind and your being into the direction where you need to go and explore. So while uh, there's a science to it, I think there's a, quite a lot of art to it as well, because what art does is, you know, we've all heard this phrase called a picture speaks thousand words. So these frameworks or these coaching models are like those visual representations, which you can just look at and then your mind can connect all these dots and bring in different ideas in perspective. And all that you have to do is carry that one picture in your memory and then everything else is sort of related to it. It makes it so easy and interesting to learn and understand. So that's what I was saying that today, we're not gonna be very cognitively sort of trying to understand what are these models that Coach Arya uses or are quite useful in coaching, but rather we'll try and sort of appreciate it like an art and say, okay, so I'm looking at this structure. I'm looking at this model. What does it speak to me? And how do I connect to it? And, and what information it's bringing to me? What challenge it's posing to me? What more I need to look at? What am I really missing? And, and we'll try to, uh, you know, challenge our own minds and try to look beyond, you know, what, oh, what does it really mean? So we'll try and go to the space of how am I experiencing this model? So before I just start to share some of these interesting, very visual representations of the models which Kocharya has formed and which I would say are so interesting, is there any specific question which is coming to you guys uh, regarding the frameworks or the models or anything that you would like to share? Yeah, so I have a question. Yeah. Um, but just note for everyone, please put the questions uh, in the chat and just select everyone so that we can have a discussion when you are um, putting the questions and I will monitor the chat and I'll flag them with Komal as we go. Um, but I have a question about frameworks in general because maybe this is a personal thing. And perhaps the reason I found the frameworks quite challenging at first is because I thought I had to commit them to memory in order to, to use them. And I felt like I was being unnatural whenever I was attempting to remember the framework. It's like, I'm supposed to be focused on the client. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be thinking about, you know, how the model works. And um, I think for me, it just, it took practice. Um, and the feedback that I got in, you know, via coach mentoring to then live the framework and just have it become as part, like second nature as part of the, the coaching. Is that what it takes to be able to use frameworks, just time? Or do you have any other tips as we look at these things that may look a bit complex on the surface? Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, let's, let's go to that question or that feeling that, you know, something looks complex on the surface and somewhere, you know, you've, you've answered your question as well. You've answered your dilemma also. Uh, like I said, mind are, is, are always trained to function in a certain format or framework, whether we are consciously aware of it or not. So when we say, okay, coaching is a conversation, we're like, ah, oh, conversation we go to our own ways of conversations and the way we talk, the way we have conversations or the way we understand a conversation is also a framework in which our minds is already fit into. Now, what exactly is a coaching conversation then? How is it different from how, what we already know and understand about conversation? So we all have conversations. We talk to our families, friends, our colleagues, our bosses, our peer groups, or random strangers. And then we have our own 
you know, way of conversation, which is like, okay, we meet, we smile, we say hello, hi, we give an icebreaker, then we talk, how's your day, how's my day, exchange notes and have good conversation. They may end up sharing something important with us. We may listen and empathize and say, oh, good to hear, or oh my God, I'm sorry, I heard that. Let me say bye and do more. So that's also a framework. We are not consciously aware of it because it's in practice for a very, very long time and it's become a part of us. Coaching conversation, on the other hand, is, is a very intentional purposeful conversation. And what makes that framework and structure different is that intention and purpose that comes along with the coaching. And it's so it, it becomes different from the rest of the conversations we have. And definitely then it does need a different framework. So like you said, it's, it's just a matter of practice. It's just a matter of knowing that, you know, okay, so what are the boundaries of this conversation? It's like, okay, you're a deep diver. You like to dive into the ocean, go and explore. Oh, you can do that all the way. But... If you are taking somebody along with you who's probably going to die for the first time, you would have certain rules, you would have certain boundaries, and you would have certain to-dos, not to-dos. So you will have certain boundaries that, okay, we explore today just this. So all those rules, regulations become sort of a boundary and guidelines. Similarly, for the coaching conversation, a coach is supposed to be uh, an expert deep diver into, you know, your own self. But the client is probably doing it for the first time or doing it for, for the first time with you. So therefore, the, those boundaries are, are important because they serve a purpose. And that sort of gives itself a framework, gives itself, you know, a certain... And so people can really identify that, yes, this is a safe space for me and this is how we are going to go. You know, our, our minds do need that kind of an assurity that yes, we are safe and yes, we are doing something worthwhile, something which is effective and something which is purposeful. Uh, definition of each of frameworks is questioning the assumption of each model and uses it. What is a conversation? What isn't? Yeah. limitations of the model can this be a reading mm, I would say Ricardo that's quite a loaded question um, <laughs> can we can we ask Ricardo to explain it like what exactly uh, sure so yeah. for any questions um, everyone just yeah make sure that they are clear so that I so that I understand them because <laughs> um, there's some challenges happening in my brain. Uh, do you want to come on? Do you want to maybe dive into some of the things you were going Models. to present, and perhaps um, yes. the questions will get solidified more as we go through the examples? Yes, uh, definitely. So for the coaches, I think the first framework itself are the ICF guidelines or the EMCC competencies markers. They are also a sort of a framework which sort of binds your activities, your thoughts into uh, a certain way and say that this is what the coaching is and then um as you bring this up um, i don't want to uh, answer because we're going to dive in dive into actual frameworks and you mentioned the first framework that we uh, all know and love which is the icf uh, the eight icf coaching competencies which you can get on our website on icf website on on all the websites and uh the coaching competencies are the the foundation of what we do in coach training. So someone was asking about, you know, does this mean that we have different frameworks for coaching versus business, uh, sorry, life coaching versus business coaching? And um, the answer is yes, no, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's you true. Know, every conversation is different, but we have this, you know, ongoing joke in coaching that all coaching becomes life coaching. <laughs> After a yes. couple of sessions, because in the end, it's all about the self and about self-awareness. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter what the problem is. You're still a human at the core of that problem. 
or that challenge or that goal. So um, end of the day, it's all life coaching anyway. But um, yes. yeah, let's take a look at some of these examples and uh, perhaps uh, Kamal, as you go along, if you want to talk about examples of life versus uh, business coaching, I think that'd be really helpful. Sure. Uh, in fact, that's a very, very interesting question. And I think why it comes from is, again, uh, the way we look at things, we say that, oh, maybe this something would be dealt, uh, maybe a relationship issue would be dealt differently than a work or a performance issue. And, uh, and also because all the different schools into coaching, all the different people who are coaching themselves have grown their own models so that sometimes can become very confusing for people to try and make sense oh, oh okay so which model is better or which model is what so I would say that the core like you said you know though we joke that every coaching at the end is life coaching but that's the truth of it <laughs> whether may, we may call it different but it, it definitely is uh, eventually going to be life coaching so you can pick up a model that that you function well with and then can go ahead with it uh so let's start exploring or appreciating that this first 3a coaching model with coacharya which is so what's popping out for me is the three a's which is simple for the mind to grasp aware act and anchor and when we think about like as a novice, if I look at these three, I say, oh, so, so it's got something to do with awareness, something to do with action, and then anchoring. And anchor is like, okay, so deeply rooted into something. And then it sort of explains a little bit more that like creating awareness beyond mind-body at mindless energy level. So I would say that, mm, so it's not just about the body and mind that is it's not just about my feelings and my thinkings but there's some role that energy plays into it as well and if i connect it back to the framework that icf gives there also in competencies it says that as a coach when we are listening we are listening not just for the emotions or the thoughts of a of the client what they are expressing but we are also trying to listen and observe their whole being that means are there any energetic shifts is the body posture changing in certain way because awareness now so so it gives a lot of valuable information you know just just this one word aware and a little description gives a lot of information about coaching and how to pursue it is that as a coach, you need to first become aware that it's not just the, the mind and the body, that means the thinking and the feeling aspect, but a whole lot of energetic shift what is happening in the client is also important. And why is that important is sort of explained here from unconscious incompetencies to conscious incompetencies. And this, I would say, is, is a very key point in here. And it somewhere also sort of helps us define that question of whether life and business coaching is different. Whatever situation a person gets stuck in, whether it is life or business, relationship or performance, the dilemma, the problem, the stress or the issue arise because we're not able to do something or we are not able to get something or we are sort of stuck at some point of some point or some place so the basic idea here is that we are not feeling competent in something and that incompetency also we are not aware what is it that i'm not doing right what is it that i'm lacking or what is it that i need more we don't know yet so that incompetency is lying in our unconscious. So the first step and the stage that awareness does is to bring out those incompetencies from our unconscious mind 
our unconscious state to our conscious state. It's like unearthing. It's like digging and seeing, you know, what's more there, what's more there. And then let the things come to the surface. And when they come to the surface means, oh, now we are able to see it. Oh, now I'm able to identify it. And then those incompetencies are in my consciousness. So that's the first stage. That's what this first awareness does. Then what are you going to do with it? Now you've seen, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm lacking in these parts, or maybe I'm missing out on these things, or maybe I need to understand more of this. Now I'm able to see it. Now I'm conscious of it. Then you need to take action. Then you need to say that, okay, now I see that I'm very emotionally fragile. That's why my relationships are not good. So what do I do with it? Then we use all the knowledge, all the skills, all the tools that are available to us or what is coming from within me, you know, what can really solve this. That is the action stage. We make our plan, we go apply it, we feel how it's functioning, then we bring the feedback back and say, oh, well, did it work? Did it not work? Why did it not work? So, so you see, the, there's a difference. So if we look at it from a coaching conversation point of view, in the aware stage, your conversation is more around digging. You know, what's there? What's more there? What could be more there? In action stage, it's more about, hmm, so how did you feel when you used this tool? Did it work? It didn't work. What do you think? Why it didn't work? You know, what was so, so there's a different texture to that sort of a conversation in the action stage. And then with that experimentation and practice and reflection and feedback and further conversation, we bring the client to a stage where they feel like, okay, so this was this new skill set that I wanted to learn. Now I have learned it. Right now I've experimented it and now I know that this functions for me and this functions for me in this way. What next? Do we just just drop it and leave it at that point of time? No, we go further. Anchoring it. And why this anchoring is important? Because. And here comes what Kocharya says about mindlessness and mindfulness. Because if you leave something at this stage, it's, it's a very conscious effort which a person is doing into practicing. It's a whole lot of mindfulness involved. That you're being mindful every day that if somebody talks to me like this, I am supposed to behave and respond in a different fashion because I am now aware if I go back to my old behavior, it's not going to work for me. So it's a lot of conscious effort and this effort takes a lot of energies. And if you have to continue to keep doing that, that means you have to be ultra aware in all the moment. And it's, it's something which you are doing actively and it takes a whole lot of time and energy. And at some point of time, you may be like, you know, I'm too tired to be at my best. So let me just go back to my crappy self and just barge on this person <laughs> so the solution for that comes in the third stage which is anchoring which is making now your new behavior your new habit unconscious with you which means it becomes a part of you now just like earlier there was a block which you were unconscious to now you become block free now you you flow but you do not flow with doing it you just flow with being it so that doing to the being stage happens in the anchoring and that's why it says to build new unconscious competencies and so that's why it, this is also very important because it it just maintains and sustains the new skill sets, the new values or the new habits that somebody forms. So that's why I think 
this is a very, very comprehensive model. Now, I would like to pop this question to the audience that what do you think? Understanding this model like this, can you use it in life situations and business situations? Which situations do you think this broad framework can function in? Or where do you think that, mm, no, in this situation, this just doesn't fit? So just visualize, imagine, yes. <laughs> yeah, because I have some examples, because to me, when I learned about this framework, it just, it opened up so much, yeah, for, for myself and, and my growth, both at home and at work. And there's two specific examples I can give um, at home. You know, I'm very much a doer. Like I'm the person you come to if something is broken or someone hurt you, like I'm going to go and freaking fix it and make sure that they pay. <laughs> That's me. I'm not the person you go to for, for a hug and, you know, sympathy. I just want to make things better. My sister is the one you go to for hugs and sympathy. But, you know, most of my life, I was going through that thinking that this is a good thing that people know to come to me for that and um, I can help. And that's how I can help. What I did not realize because I was not conscious of it was that it made people think that I'm unfeeling or that I don't care um, because my reaction is always fix, fix, fix versus it's okay, I'm here for you. So once I became aware of that, I could do something about it. And um, I'm still in the anchoring stage because my go-to, the framework I still operate out of is the, I want to fix, but I, I, I know that that's what matters to me. Like I need to be able to look at people and their experience. And if something is wrong and someone comes in with a problem, it, it's about them. It's not about me. I need to support them the way that they need to be supported. So um, yeah, I'm still, still working on that, but definitely this is how, um, literally using this framework is how I was able to change um, a little yeah. And also, you know, that's a very important point, Martha, because it, it does happen. See, you know, these days we are exposed to so much of information on internet. There are so many inspirational speakers and, you know, motivational speakers who bring so many new ideas to you every day. And you're like, okay, let me try this. Let me try that. And all of that is, is a very energy investing, you know, work to do which you will do and you'll say that, yes, it's giving me results also, but after a while it sort of falls back just because you haven't anchored it because you haven't taken it back to your unconscious state. And because that's how the mind functions. If it, the mind has to be in mindfulness state all the while, it's gonna consume all your energy. So it's just yep. that. And, and with this, so just to kind of tell you, follow the example, um, I'm still finding myself that when I hear someone say something that, you know, my instinct is still to fix, I am finding it more and more that my instinct is now, I'm reminding myself still quite a bit, no Magda, like shut the up and just listen and just see what the person needs from you and do that first. And, um, then do the thing that you also want to do. So my instinct is changing slowly but surely. And especially towards a couple friends uh, who I now know are much more needful of that comfort first. I found that because I've been getting, um, I've been in situations with them more than others, my instinct is now, no, just come here, give me a hug. Like, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. We can we can deal with this together. And only once I feel like they got that part from me, then I'm like, all right, who do we need to kill? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it is becoming an instinct, but it's definitely a lot of work. Like you said, like it's, it takes, it takes energy to go. Yeah. Nope. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So it's, so, so if we just see that, you know, in, in so many different ways, we can sort of connect with this model, we can keep coming back to this model, depending upon what stage and 
journey into coaching VR and we'll explore you know a new dimension of it would unfold to us just like every time you approach a good piece of art you like you see a new facet and a new dimension of it and then you say wow yeah this sort of functions in this way as well so I would leave it for the audience also in your free time just sit with this model and framework and broadly see you know what more it sort of brings to you just in terms of appreciation don't try to understand it just try to see what sort of it brings to you now this is for a broad coaching relationship for a coaching flow and also to understand what different stage the client is it, it's just a very good model but for your immediate conversation what framework do you follow there when you are with the client face to face within a conversation how this awareness action anchor is going to manifest so for that we have got uh, another model which is 3c so from a we've six skipped the b somehow we can come to the c which is contract communicate and conclude so this is a completely different sorry framework. come on to interrupt you would you mind yeah. uh either going to presenter mode or uh move your screen so that it's easier to see because this one has quite a few words on here and it's hard to yeah. read uh, but um, as a reminder for those of you who are listening later and those of you who are here now as well all of these frameworks are on our blog and um just scroll through the chat i did put links to it and for those of you who are listening to this later, please look at the episode notes of this episode on the podcast and video for links to download these frameworks for yourself. So this is the 3C model and the way I look at it and in relation to the 3A model, the 3A model for me is like a GPS view, like, you know, from the satellite I'm sort of hovering and seeing, you know, what's the whole map looks like. And then when I'm in the street navigating, this is the street model. So it's like the 3C model. Okay, so now I'm into a conversation. So what is going to happen in the conversation with a client? Uh, contracting would happen, then communication will happen. And then we would got to conclude the conversation that we had. And then how it is going to happen? Why is it significant to contract? In what ways do we communicate? Because we do communicate all the time, but how is communication different here in a coaching conversation than the rest of the communication that happens around? What are the key points we need to focus on, right? It's like driving on the road, navigating on the road, you know, what side of the road I'm gonna drive? What are the red lights? Where do I need to stop? Where that can I take turn? And so, so 3C model very beautifully sort of explained to you how you're going to be in, in the coaching session or a coaching conversation with your client. And this sort of builds into the 3A model as well. So 3A is like a larger framework and then we play with the 3C model. So like in contracting, you greet the client you celebrate the client and you know you do ask the client as to what is important for them what is it that they want to focus on in a conversation that gives the intentionality and the purpose to that particular conversation what are the outcomes that they think they are seeking and how those outcomes are going to be important in their life what benefits they are going to get from it how their system is going to improve with with the outcomes and then through that process you're also building a rapport and partnering with the client and partnering happens more by you know sharing and allowing that yeah so so this is a safe space and so so that is the importance of contracting and this model very beautifully sort of connects it to the ICF competencies as well it tells you that if you're contracting properly you are uh, following the ethics and then you are uh, showcasing uh, the agreement competency as well 
And then there is another beautiful and quite a universal framework now uh, accepted in, in for the coaching is which is the GROW model uh, by Sir John Whitmore. And so 3C model sort of ties in very beautifully to the GROW model as well, because if somebody has learned and have come across GROW model, so how GROW is related to the 3C, it, it showcases you that as well. So you can find those bridges as well. So the goal and reality is something that's explored in the contracting uh, stage. Then in communication, how would you communicate? You would explore the who more than what and why. You will explore emotions. You will ask questions that would, you know, prompt awareness in the client where they would, the questions will help them bring out something which they haven't explored earlier. Uh, you are not going to interrupt. So communication doesn't mean that you talk, 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 talk. You just stay silent and listen. And uh, that's very important part of communication here. Uh, you don't put in your thoughts. That means you do not lead the client into saying something or exploring something. And you're not like asking multiple questions. Could it be this, 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 that? No. Uh, reframe as in the way the client is looking at the situation. If as a listener, you are able to look at it in a different way, with a different perspective, by all means, share it. Because that adds a lot of value. Because I, from my side, am looking at my situation in a different way. How does the situation look from the other side is also a very important, relevant information, which sometimes can bring a lot of awareness and a lot of solutions for the client. Not in order to solve their problems, but just to share that, you know, I hear you say this, but from my side, this is how it looks like. Does it make any sense for you or does it bring anything of value to you? And then just leave it to the client. So, so basically following all the principles of a very good empowering <laughs> communication are all sort of explained in the second C stage, which is to communicate. Uh, no judging, of course. I have a very interesting point with no judging, which I'd struggled for a very long time and then I've come to understand. When we say no judging, does it mean that a judgment will not arise in our minds? I don't think so. We are sort of Judgment is an inherent part of human being, human life. We need to learn to navigate our life by making judgments. It's too, okay, this is good, this is not good, this is right, and that is not right. And it's very difficult to disassociate with your own experiences and to, you know, not let those come up you know, mind has its own nature. Memory is a significant part of our mind, right? And experience form a very significant part of our memories. So when the client is saying something, our own thoughts and ideas might pop up in our mind. They may pop up, just not to worry if something is popping up, but have a distinction that I'm not to engage with my thought right now because it's my thought and it doesn't help the client. It's not your thought. The judgment may arise in you, but if as a coach, you have a distinction that, okay, so this is a judgment, I am not going to engage with this judgment. Rather, I would focus on the client. So do not beat yourself up and say that, oh my God, I was so judgmental. No, you were not. Just judgments you know some judging thought arising your mind doesn't make you judgmental right that's important to understand if you just impulsively all the time function out of your judging thought then you become judgmental if you're able to keep your judgment to the side and focus on the client good then you're in no judging space 
That's... And just as we learned with the 3A framework, um, yes. <laughs> it takes time and you need to first go to go from that uh, unconscious incompetence to that unconscious competence space. And yes. it takes a lot of practice. And But you will realize just like with, with anything else you're working on, you start yeah. noticing it. And now that you notice it, you, you can do something about it. And, and over time, it just becomes automatic. Um, yes. So all of you who are just starting out in coaching, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, get it's okay. <laughs> that means you haven't just anchored it yet, but that's going to happen. <laughs> yes, that's a very important point, Magda. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, hang in there, and, everybody. Yes. And then the final stage is conclude. It's very important to tie the conversation very neatly and nicely so that you feel a sense of completeness that yes, so we started something, having a check, uh, whatever we wanted to achieve, did we go in that direction and have we accomplished it? How have we accomplished? What have we learned in the process? What new things have come out for us? And how does that guide our actions going forward? What do we need to do as the next step? And what are going to be our resources in order to do, take that actions? It can be sort of foresee or sense that there could be some challenges in the way. Or <clears throat> if not, then, you know, how do we make sure that, oh, yes, so we are committed. So, okay, so I'm saying that I'm going to do this in this much of time period. How do I ensure that I honor my commitment and I fulfill it? And so, so having all of that conversation is equally important. It's, it's not like that, oh, my God, yeah, I had an awareness. Good job. I'm feeling great about the conversation and end it. No. You would feel complete when you know that, yes, there's something come out of it, which I'm going to use. And why it is important is because any change, dramatic change in our life is not going to happen sitting in conversation with somebody. It's going to happen when we are on our own, outside of our life, and we are making use of whatever we figured out and whatever we brought out of the conversation and that is why it is very important to direct the client's brain towards the action by the end of the conversation so that they're not leaving a coaching conversation feeling that oh my god this was so much problem for me and I found this thing about me yes I found that I'm a good person but then what about it what about it? You know, it is what it is. It was what it was. I wasn't just aware. Now I'm aware that I'm a good person, but what do I do with it? So concluding part is important because then the coach gets to partner with the client and say that now that we have it, how do we use it? How do we apply it? And how do we sort of test it? And so that's where all your uh, what, when, where, who, why sort of happens for the group model as well. And uh, so, so, so that's the micro framework uh, under the macro framework of three A's. So three C's is the micro framework, I would say. And um, if there are any questions coming, please keep popping in because I'm going to move ahead. Yeah, keep going. I think we're I think we're good. And I'm just okay. realizing we're <laughs> only have 12 minutes to go. I'm not saying rush, <laughs> but time is flying today for some reason. <laughs> okay. No, I, I'm really excited for the next one because that's really a very artistic pictorial presentation and has got some really key elements that I just wanted to share uh, with the audience. I hope it's not too much too fast for everybody. Good. I love this. Double R glass. One, it's so unique. It's so different as a concept because R glass, you've always felt like mm, something falling into another zone, but then it's a double R glass. So 
so this is sort of a pictorial representation which binds the 3A and 3C model together as well and sort of gives us a very beautiful framework to, to feel and work with and uh, defines as to how everything happens. So if, so how I relate to it is, if I consider an hourglass with two lobes, one lob is the unconscious. So there's something in my unconscious. And then with the coaching, when I tip it, it gradually comes to my consciousness, which is where the awareness is happening, which happens with the contracting and agreement and exploration and, and the goals that sort of we define. And I'm saying that, okay, this is the goal I'm working on. Uh, this is how I would know that I found my goal. This is why it's important to me. And this is, I think, what is sort of hindering me. When all of that is explored very well, and we have come to a point where the client knows exactly what needs to be worked on, that means the clients have, so we have brought out everything from the unconscious mind to the conscious mind is just the first stage of the hourglass. And then I, in the doubling part, we sort of tip it forward and say, okay, we now take forward those awarenesses and sort of take them forward and say, okay, so what action is going to show up for the client? What will come out of that exploration? And so this is how I think it sort of ties beautifully the 3A and the 3C model. But what's also very important aspect in this model is the, uh, yeah, Sagarika has mentioned Lassie and Set. Yes, uh, because although these are acronyms, they are a framework in themselves. They are the models in themselves. So in this middle section, within that conscious space, what is happening is a lot of Lassie and Set, which is, uh, I'll just show you. You're listening, acknowledging, sharing, inquiry, and exploration. And set is your sensations, emotions, and thoughts. So if you're not just saying hmm, what the client is speaking or what the client is thinking or how the client is perceiving, but we, we are taking it a notch deeper. So we are listening and acknowledging not just what we heard the client say, but what we have observed the client be in that moment. So we are looking at the whole person like, okay, a client may say that, you know, um, uh, this was a really sad, but they said this sad with a little bit of smirk or a smile on their face. So you would notice it and say, yes, you said you use the word sad, but with a smile on your face, what's happening there? It's an important point to notice because words, only words, would never give you a clear picture of what's going on in somebody's mind, what's going on in their being and how. So as a coach, your job is to observe, notice and share. First step. And while you're sharing it, inquire. It's not just share that hmm, I noticed this. I'm very smart. I noticed it. I caught you. But <laughs> what about that? What purpose is that going to serve? Inquire. What happened there? Does it mean something? Is there something behind it? Or explore with the client. So that is why sensations, emotions, and thoughts, all three of those are very important. And you do that by the framework of listening, acknowledging, sharing, inquiring, and exploring. And when that happens here, it takes you further to bring more awareness about what uh, is hold, holding up the client, what could be their potential blocks, and from there show up what sort of actions they might need to take in their life. 
this entire journey of coaching and and these frameworks so beautifully sort of explain and manage it that once you've sort of imbibed it once you have a visual memory of it not just cognitive understanding but to just have it in your visual memory that would be rather uh, I would say simple when you are sitting in a coaching conversation when you are in conversation with the client and then you would know that okay so now all the sand has dripped from this to this part so that's where we are so this is the land looks like now we are in this state and we are moving towards the other state so instead of trying to remember the the competency markers you would rather have an understanding that oh so slowly and gradually now we have come to the second space the, the middle part of the double r glass so we now explore here and then grow, gradually exploring, we will trickle down to the third part of the hourglass. And so I think just knowing yourself in, in this space, I think is less intrusive when you're having the conversation with your client. So if alongside listening and communicating, you are also having a picture. So, okay, so it's like, it's like you're playing a video game, right? So we started from here and now we are in this zone. So we are going to do this in this zone. And then from this zone, we now we've finally moved to this part. It's not intrusive at all because that's your visual memory. And when you're talking, your visual memory sort of, I think in, in my experience, it doesn't interfere. Whereas if you're trying to remember the competency markers, Yes, it would interfere. So that's how I've sort of experienced and um, understand these frameworks and, you know, sort of how they have helped me. I hope these would have given you some good understanding and insight as well. Um, Thank you, Jen. And if there is any question which is left uh, to understand, which we might have missed and not addressed for regarding the frameworks, I'll be happy to have them. Yeah, please um, give us the questions. We're obviously here for a few more minutes. I'm very happy to yes. answer them. I've added links to the blog that, could, um, that has all of these frameworks in it. So please take a look at the chat and or episode notes. And there's a couple other blogs I've added to give more context into the mindlessness and grow model and a few other things, because there's a reason why coach training takes the time it takes, you know, this is not, this is like the fastest crash course on here's the components of uh, the structure yeah. to coaching. And so it's the very, very beginning. So please check those out and obviously come train with us if you're not a coach already. Um, one thing I will add is, you know, these frameworks, some are very specific to, to coaching, but like I said, like the triple the A one, especially for me, has been helpful to structure a few things in just my own growth professionally and personally. And another one that I really like is the sensations, emotions, and thoughts. I use that in self-coaching quite a bit because it helps me, it helps me be real with myself. So if I'm having a reaction to something, um, you know, previous me would kind of just take it at face value and then just, well, react. Now I'm finding that I'm able to take a step back. So I'm, it's an unconscious competency for me now. I can take a step back and I can go, okay, well, what am I actually thinking? What am I feeling in my body? What, what emotions am I experiencing? So instead of just having that reaction to something, I'm able to have a more comprehensive view of what I'm actually experiencing at the moment so that I can have the appropriate response, not reaction. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's really helped me, I think, deal with a lot of stuff personally and to be less impulsive, frankly. Um, so I highly recommend if there's one thing that you take away from this for your personal life, it's apply set to how you're going through your daily activities um, and things that hit you, it's gonna be super helpful. Yes, absolutely. And I think 
even realizing that all of these are sort of interconnected our sensations emotions and thoughts are not, not like separate they are like connected with each other is helps unbundle a whole lot of things within us yeah yeah great well great. Kamal, thank you for the for the crash course in coaching framework <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I was hoping this would be because you've given I think people who you know our audience is always mixed of our current learners and alumni and you know first timers to Kocharia webinars I think you gave us a really clear understanding of what these frameworks are how they connect to each other how they connect to the coaching journey and the coaching conversation um, and you know those of you who want more depth you know where to find us, coacharia.com. Komal herself is starting a coach training program, um, our coaching foundation, which uh, qualifies you for the ACC credential with ICF. If credential is the goal that you have, if the goal is you just want to be a really good coach, <laughs> that's she'll help you get there too. So um, yeah, please check out our website, coachara.com forward slash events, and then you will see all of our upcoming webinars and information on our upcoming courses, including the one with Komal, which will be evenings, Fridays, New York time, which then equals mornings, India time slash Australia slash our friends who are in Indonesia, etc. So I hope you join us. And if you don't, that's okay. We'll see you here next time, next week for another wonderful session. We're here at 9 p.m. India time every single Wednesday. Komal, thank you so much. Thank You're you, brilliant. Magda. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you next time.